Hi, I'm Mystic by Moonlight, and you're listening to the Witch Way Podcasts. Let's go, witches! Hi, everyone. I am Mystic by Moonlight, and welcome to the Witch Way Podcast. Now, this is a podcast where I am going to be discussing my journey into the craft, things I've learned along the way, how I got here, but we're also going to be talking with spiritual practitioners and professionals along the way as well, who can discuss their own journeys, what they do, and how that can be beneficial to you in your craft or just in your life in general. I think it's going to be really fun, and I've been wanting to do something like this for a while. I have thus far been sharing my spiritual journey and tips, mostly on TikTok. I started my Mystic by Moonlight TikTok account, I think in December of 2021. So it's been less than a year and it has grown pretty quickly. And I just want to thank anyone that follows me there. It is much appreciated. It's such a great community. I love it so much, but it has really inspired me to learn even more than I know and to constantly be learning and trying new things. It has led me to uh, other practitioners who have different ways of doing things, different tips, uh, different types of insight, and I've just really loved it all around. But TikTok isn't actually where I started to share my journey. I actually started uh, sharing the information on my blog back in 2018. I was going through a really, really difficult time with my mental health. I had just left, or not left, I had gone on medical leave from an extremely high stress job in law enforcement. And I was on mental health leave for PTSD and anxiety and all that good stuff. And during that time, I was looking for ways to heal myself and to expand my knowing of who I am. And I just had this yearning to know more about myself thinking the more I knew about myself, the better I would be able to heal. And so that was around the time I really started to get back into the craft. I've been spiritual my whole life. I have been doing things that I do now in my witchcraft practice since I was a child, things that I learned from family members or things that I taught myself that I learned from books. And I just never had been extremely committed to it because I always felt like I didn't understand it enough to fully practice it. And I remember wanting this spell book that I found at my favorite bookstore when I was about 14, I believe, when I first saw it. And I really wanted it. I really wanted it. And my cousin was with me when I found it. And I showed her and she thought it was really cool. And I guess she had gone home and told her mom, my aunt, who later 
had come to me and said, you know, that's great that you're into that. That's great that you want to explore that. However, you have to be really careful because if you don't know what you're doing, something could go very wrong. And just kind of uh, put a bit of fear into me. And I still believe that in my practice, you do have to be careful because you could do something wrong. You could put the wrong intention into a spell or something like that. So I just remember being ready to kind of throw myself into it at that point and then holding back because I was afraid. Inevitably, I think for my 15th birthday, my mom ended up buying me that book because every time we went to the store, I would run to that section and I would flip through it. And so she knew and she ended up buying it for me. And I still have it to this day, but I have not done a single spell out of that book and not out of fear because once I actually had the book in my hands, I thought, okay, now I can start to use this. I can really get into it. But I actually found that the things in that book were a little too complicated and convoluted. And I needed things that I didn't have easy access to, particularly not at like 15, 16 years old. So every time I found a spell that I thought, this is great, I want to try this one, I would end up not being able to do it because I couldn't find the ingredient. And at that point, I didn't have as many resources to be able to look up like what's an alternative to this? What could I use instead of this? And I also found that a lot of the spells were so specific with things that were just unsafe, particularly for me at that time. I remember wanting to do this self-confidence or self-love spell. And the ingredients were mostly simple, if I recall. I still have the book somewhere. I'm sure I could go look it up. But the ingredients were pretty simple. I think the one thing that I was having difficulty finding was like a copper disc that I needed to write something on or scratch something into. But I just needed an apple, a red candle, some salt, uh, like an embroidery needle to carve things. And I thought, this is great. It had the incantation in there. But then it said, in order for this to work, you're going to have to go down to a riverside in the dark, under a waxing moon, on a Thursday, and then you're going to have to cast this into the river. And as at like 15, 16, there's no way in the dark am I wandering through the city to find a secluded spot in the middle of the night by the water when the river is not frozen because I live somewhere where it's frozen half the year anyway. Even now, that's not something that I would do. Uh, The place where I live actually backs out onto a river, but it's really hard to get down there. And we've had like some kind of scary people hanging out around there. So I wouldn't even feel safe doing that. So when I started going through all the spells in this book, I realized I'm like, okay, so not only are these ingredients hard to find, some of these things that they want you to do in order to do this spell is kind of dangerous. 
not just for a teenager, but for anyone, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing a lot of the things now on my own where I am. And so that really discouraged me. And I just thought, oh gosh, like they're right. This is way too complicated. I can't do this. And I didn't have the wherewithal or the guidance or someone around to teach me there are other ways to do things. If you don't have this ingredient, you can substitute this herb or this tool. If you don't have a red candle, you can use this kind of candle. I just didn't have that. And so that's what I'm loving about being able to share my knowledge now and being able to learn. It's just so great that we have this community where we can share these types of stories and these tips. But I'm going to go a little bit further back into my sort of first journey into witchcraft. I was raised Roman Catholic. Both of my parents are Irish Roman Catholic. And I was baptized in Dublin. And then I was raised in Canada. And although... I was raised Catholic and we went to church every Sunday. I went to Catholic elementary school. I went to all girls Catholic high school. My whole life, there was always this element of spirituality in our family. My mom always had tarot cards and runes out in the open in our living room. We had candles everywhere. I was fascinated by candles, fascinated by fire. Like the more candles, the better. And luckily I have not lit anything on fire. So fingers crossed that continues. But by the time I was about five or six, I was finding that I was really drawn to the tarot and to the runes. And by that point, my mom had had them for a long time already. I think like long before I was born and she was kind of over them, I guess. Like she didn't actively use them anymore. So she would just let me play with them. So she would give me the cards, give me the runes, give me the guidebooks and just say like, this is how you use them. Here's how you figure out what they mean. Go nuts. And I just had hours and hours of fun with it. But even beyond the tools, even in books and on TV, I was always drawn to shows about witchcraft and magic. And my grandparents that uh, lived here with us in Canada were from the UK and they had the BBC channel at their house. So whenever I was there, we got to watch whatever was on BBC, whether that was like comedies. But one show that I always watched when I was there was the old Worst Witch show. I don't know if anyone remembers that show or if anyone watched it. There was like a really bizarre um, film, The Worst Witch in the 80s, I believe, that had Tim Curry in it. And... I found that on Amazon way back in the day and bought it because I was so obsessed with the show and it was very bizarre and not the same at all, but I just loved the show and was obsessed with the worst witch show. And they did a reboot 
of the show on Netflix a few years ago. And I started watching that one and I enjoyed it as well, but I just have that special place in my heart for the original, the nostalgia of that. So I just absolutely loved that show. And then I remember my grandpa and I watched the Merlin miniseries as it aired. So they would air, I think there was three parts and it was once a week. So the one Saturday, the next Saturday. And so I kept going back there because I wanted to watch it with them because I needed to know what happened because I was obsessed with Merlin and the magic and that whole story. I still love that miniseries to this day. Amazing cast, Sam Neill, Helena Bonham Carter, just fantastic. And then even as I got older, I was really into Sabrina the Teenage Witch and I loved Practical Magic and it became a tradition with my cousin who lived with us and my mom that we would watch Practical Magic and then we would watch it every Halloween and we've continued that tradition going forward now, even with my sister who's like significantly younger than me. And then my cousins more recently, when they were over, we showed it to them and we just keep introducing people to it. And it has become this sort of tradition, but just my whole life, all of these things, I've just felt so drawn to them. I see these stories about magic and witches and I knew this is me. This is where I belong. This is, these are my people essentially. And I, of course, was one of the Harry Potter kids. I read the first book when I was about nine, breezed through it. I think by that point, only the first two were out. Uh, and I read those. And then I read the third one. And then the release party started. And I would go with my best friend, I think Goblet of Fire came out when we were 13, 13 or 14. And we got to go to the midnight release party by ourselves at our favorite bookstore. We got to wait in line, got to dress up. And the way that they decorated the whole store and they had cauldrons and all of that, it was just totally my vibe. And even Halloween was always a family event. It wasn't just a day that you dressed up in your costume and went and got candy. And of course we did do that. I would go really far and on a very long hike to get as much candy as possible for many years. But beyond that, there was always this sense of it's an, it's a family night. It's a night where we all get together and we enjoy each other's company and we talk about our loved ones. And I didn't know about the historical significance of Samhain in like Irish culture at the time that we did this. I just knew it was something that we did. It is something that my grandparents had always kind of instilled. And then my with my mom, it continued. It was always this like really family-centric holiday and it still is. I still go over to my mom's and I help hand out candy. We watch... Um, practical magic like I said we drink we play music we chat we have friends over if we can and even with my grandma the very first time I saw Halloween Town again was at my grandparents house and she and I happened to catch it on TV and we loved it 
And then every year when it was on, we would make a plan to watch it together. And then the second one came out and then the third one came out. And I don't talk, we don't talk about the fourth one. We just don't talk about it because not the same, but just like all throughout the family, there was this love for magic and witches and spirituality and spookiness and all of that. And I just never understood it. I just knew that I was drawn to it. I knew that I loved it. And only as I got older, was I able to actually throw myself into looking at these things. My, like I said, my mom is Irish, but she's Northern Irish. And my dad is from the Republic of Ireland. And both of them were proud of that. But due to what we know, colonization, they lost a lot of their heritage. They couldn't speak Welga. They didn't know about like a lot of pagan traditions. So much knowledge was lost. And as I've gotten older, I have been so focused on learning about it, bringing it back. I've been trying to learn Guelga best that I can. I'm not saying that very well, but for anyone that's wondering, that's the Irish Gaelic language. And it's not a very easy language to learn, but I am doing my best. And it's difficult because when neither of your parents speak it, they can't help you with it. And my grandparents didn't speak it either, or the ones that lived here didn't. I don't, I don't think my other grandparents did either. And my dad had a bit of it. He had to take it in school, but it was just enough to sort of pass. And he basically told me he just learned it for his exams and then completely forgot about it. So there's no one for me to use it with and to converse with. And I have a lot of cousins still in Ireland, and I have quite a few who actually were in immersion schools and do speak it fluently, and they speak it together. But I don't get to see them often or speak to them often. Often, So it's, it's not a great opportunity for me to practice. So getting in touch with my roots has been like really important to me. And a way that I've been doing that is through my magic. I've been looking into Celtic paganism, Celtic witchcraft. I've been looking into the gods, the goddesses. In my childhood, my bedtime stories from my dad were always Irish folklore and fairy tales. So there was a lot of fairy tales about the gods and goddesses, as well as the fae. And I had this knowledge already kind of in the back of my mind that I didn't even realize, that I don't think he even realized he was implanting, but it was always there. And then when I started to get to know his sisters, they all had this interest in tarot and mediums and getting the cards done and all of that. And I realized that this thing that I felt wasn't just from one side of the family or any, it was kind of all around me. And so that has been really helpful to me because as I have gone along with my journey and I learn new things and I show them the new tarot deck I got or 
tell them that I want this for Christmas or I want that. They don't judge me for that. They're on board more or less. They might not be 100% on board, but they're on board enough to encourage it, particularly my mom and my sister. For my birthday, uh, my sister, and they have been my primary form of divination the past few months, and they've been the most accurate, I find. I've been using tarot. I use oracle cards. I have a pendulum, but I love these dowsing rods. The second I pick them up, I can feel the energy immediately. I see them working. It's just, I, I can't explain it. They are they are it for me. I still use my pendulum, my cards. Those are different tools, but when I know I need something to be quick, accurate, I need it to work, the dowsing rods are my go-to. So all of this to say that I've been on this journey my whole life. And I knew that I was on this journey my whole life. And although there were some warnings along the way, they were never, don't do this. They were never, stay away from this. They were just, always be careful. If you're going to do this, learn about it. If you're going to do this, make sure that you're doing it correctly. And I appreciated those warnings. But I do think that they hindered me slightly. Because even now, to this day, with certain things, I am afraid to share certain aspects of my practice because I am so fearful of not doing it right. Which is kind of wild because a lot of people's practices are so personal and they sort of tweak everything to work for them and how they sense things and how they are intuitive. What works for me might not work for everyone because I know how my body works. I know how my mind works. And so I know doing something a certain way works for me. However, with something like tarot cards, even though I've been doing tarot card reading since I was essentially a child because I don't have every single card and meaning memorized to the T I tell myself I can't read tarot because I can't sit there in front of somebody flip 10 cards and tell them exactly what everyone means off the top of my head and it sort of frustrates me because when I do do a draw. I usually do a three card draw. I do a question or I say like general or I'm asking about my career or I kind of try to keep it general, general with intention, but I pull three cards and I do one for the past, one for the present and one for the future. And what I say to people is that the first card is what has happened up to now. The present card is what is happening or what's about to happen. And then the future card is how we move forward and how we overcome it or what's going to happen as we move down. And I find those the easiest to do. And every time that I have done a three card pull, 
it has been so spot on. It's wild. And yet I still do not trust myself. I still do not trust my intuition. I trust myself 100% when it comes to an Oracle card because they are very straightforward a lot of the time. The message is either there or it's very simple to interpret. And I just feel a lot more comfortable with that. Same with my pendulum, with my dowsing rods. It's easy. It's yes, it's no, it's maybe, or it's no response. But I have this perfectionism still in my craft where I am constantly worried about doing things by the book, whatever book that may be at the time. And so when I was younger, my practices were always a lot more simple and intuitive, whether that was lighting a candle and making a prayer or an intention, making a wish, whether it was writing something down, trying to manifest it. It was simple. It was easy. It was just what I felt I needed to do in that moment. And as I got older, and particularly in 2018, when I kind of started throwing myself back into all of this, I was so worried about needing the right tools. I needed to have everything. I needed to have certain things that I couldn't even find in my city, in a store that I had to special order off of a website because I was adamant that like, oh, I need to have all these tools if I'm going to take this seriously, if I'm going to be a real witch. And I love some of the tools were really great. I still use them to this day. They're like a daily part of my practice, but I have so many that I bought that I'm not even drawn to because I bought them online. I didn't go and look at them and feel them and all of that. And I have like this wand that I bought from a store that's just a piece of purple wood that's been carved out, but it's so thick. It's so massive. It feels so awkward when I'm holding it in my hand. I don't like it. I wanted an athame. Couldn't find one anywhere. And I ended up ordering like a small dagger essentially to use instead but it's actually huge and I like kept it on my altar but I've never used it and I just have all of these things that I bought that I don't even use and I think it's important to remember that your practice your craft it's not the tools that you have and I make videos about this on TikTok about how Everyone makes these videos about, I got this cauldron, I got this, I bought this, I bought this, you need to buy this. And yes, these things are wonderful. They're great. They're pretty if you can afford them. However, you might not need them. You might not even use them in your practice. And a lot of what you do need to use, a lot of things that you could use, you can find at a thrift store. You can find at a Dollar Tree or Dollarama. I've made multiple videos about witch thrifting and finding what you did at a dollar store. And I would say about 90% of what you need, you can find there. So yeah, just don't worry about having all the things. I think just remember that you are the magic.
Thank you for tuning in to my introductory episode of the Witch Way podcast. This first episode, I wanted to get into a bit of my history and my journey, and that's something I will continue to talk about as we go forward. But next episode for episode two is going to be all about Samhain, the history, the cultural significance, best practices, and how I celebrate. I am incredibly excited and I hope you're excited too. So thank you again for tuning in. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me on TikTok at mystic.by.moonlight and on Instagram at mysticbymoonlight. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.